Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Well, the church has left the building. That is a meme that I keep seeing over and over. Maybe not necessarily a meme, but it's a um, thing on social media that I've been seeing that the church has left the building. And as a result of this COVID-19 breakout, and uh, this is the thing that we've been talking about for three, four weeks now, it seems like, but it's something that is continuing on in our nation. It's the new normal that we are finding ourselves in. And this part of this new normal has now been finding churches leaving the building. And also the, what goes along with that is we're finding churches that are still uh, arguing with one another on whether or not to continue to have a physical worship gathering or not. Now, I'm, I'm, I've told this in a previous episode that uh, I think it's futile. I think it's um, silly to argue with one another on whether or not to still gather as the church physically or whether or not to gather as the church online. And, and recently, uh, uh, this past Sunday, I've, I've seen several churches doing a drive-in church, sort of like a drive-in movie theater, but all the churches have their v- uh, members coming in and they're in their vehicles and they all line up in the parking lot and the pastor comes out and preaches from a pulpit or something there outside. And uh, I'm not sure where I th- land on that, what I think about that yet. Um, it's still not necessarily, in my opinion, a physical gathering because you're not able to really uh, reach out and shake someone's hand, give someone a hug, fellowship with one another. You're still kind of closed off in your cars. Uh, so I'm not real sure where I land on that right now. But what I do land on is the majority of the church has left the building. Now, it is important that we understand that the four walls that we find ourselves in when we go to church or assemble as the church or gather as the church, that building at that physical location is not the church. The people that are born-again believers in Christ, those that have repented of their sin and trusted Christ, make up the church both universal as well as the church local. So your local congregation, your local body of believers, is your church is not the, that brick building or metal building or that building with the steeple on it. That is not your church. So the church leaving the building is insinuating that the church has now left the physical building and is now gathering online platforms and other ways of doing things like the drive-in movie theater type idea where you're driving in and getting the word. So I want to talk about that for a few minutes is the church leaving the building because I feel like we have got a a really uh, big chance of losing what the gathering of the saints is in this difficult time. Yes, I'm thankful for online platforms. I'm thankful for podcasts. I'm thankful for the internet. I'm thankful for all of the ways that we can get uh, biblical content in the ears and in the hearts of people all across the world. I'm thankful for that. And we have utilized that. And the church has gone online for the most part and is now utilizing this technology to go online using cell phones to record their live sermons and, and different other things. In my church, we did online church for the first time 
um, with nobody in the building except a computer guy, sound guy, and a worship guy. So we had three men in the room where we were all spread out. Yes, we used social distancing while we were there. We didn't touch, hug, or get close to one another. We did continue to go by those guidelines. Now, the church has not gathered physically there in well over a week now. Uh, so we've done other things. But is the church going to find itself losing what it means to gather as the church because what I keep hearing over and over and over is this idea that this new social distancing could be the new normal even after we get back to life as we knew it before the virus. So we see that this, even the social distancing, the the working from home as much as you can, or even not even shaking hands and not even and hugging one another, that's going to be sort of the new normal in our world today is what I've been hearing. It's not a bad idea to be that way. So if we're not careful, I find that we can get lost in this idea that we don't really have to go back to the gathering of the church because the church is not the building. We can just simply do online church and never have to leave our homes, never have to get ready, never have to put on makeup, never have to put on shoes or a tie or whatever, that even after this is over, man, we can get used to just waking up, getting our coffee, opening our Bibles, and watching our pastors on television. That is, I think, the opposite of what needs to happen when we're talking about um, gathering and as leaving the building as the church. We need to use this time. We need to use this time for men and women. I, I talked about this on the last episode to really pour into our families during this time. We really really need to teach and model the gospel and proclaim the gospel and do many different things in our homes. But we also, as parents, as adults, as men and women, we need not let this be the new norm. We need to want this to hurry up as soon as possible so we can get back to gathering with the saints. Because gathering with the saints is important. It's important to love one another, care for one another, uh, just be there for one another, it's important that we see one another, and we can greet each other with a handshake or a fist bump or a hug. My church is one of the most loving churches you would ever come across, and I know when we gather, it's hard for people not to shake hands and give a slap on the back or uh, or give a hug, and I'm looking forward to the day where we can do that again because it's important that we do that as the church, as we gather together, as we assemble Together, we can still assemble online, but it is not the same as what I believe the Bible calls us to when we are to assemble together. We should not let this become who we are, online church. I know before this virus, many churches were pushing uh, online. If you don't want to gather, we have online church. You can go on there. There's chat rooms there for you to engage with the sermon and there's nothing wrong with that, again, technology, but we as pastors need to be encouraging our people to gather together, to assemble together. It's ecclesia. It's ecclesiology. It's the gathering of the saints, the gathering of the called out ones. And yes, we can quote unquote gather online, and that's the way we may have to do it for a few weeks. But this is not what God has ultimately called us to, is to gather online. We should gather with the saints every Lord's Day, at least. And I'm missing our Wednesday evening gatherings when we just get deep into the scriptures. Man, so much good thing, so many good things are happening on, in our midweek with our kids, our youth, and so many good things are happening in your church as well. But I want you to understand that this can't be the new normal. 
pastors, if you're a pastor listening right now, you have to con- you have to convey to your people that this is not the new normal. You have to convey to your people that we have to long to gather together with the saints because this is going to end and the church is going to go back to the building. Although uh, some churches may lose their building during this because ten- attendance will not be going on there, which sometimes in many cases causes the offering to decrease so there may be churches that come out of this that don't even have a building to go back to that's yet to be seen we don't know but what we do know is this will pass this will be over with at some point and we will gather again as the church in the physical buildings so we have to be on top of our people and make sure they know that this is what's the most important when it comes to gathering with the church and that's physically gathering with the saints and because we have to do what Colossians 3 verse 16 says, and that is to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And verse 17 says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We need to assemble together. This, this assembling together is encouraging as we teach and admonish one another. In all wisdom, as we sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to one another, it's encouraging when we're able to do that. One of the things we see in the scripture is this word admonish. Admonish. That simply is to warn or reprimand someone firmly. This means that we can lovingly go to someone and say, brother, sister, you are in sin and I'm calling you to repent because this is not the way a believer should live. Right? You can do that over text message. You can do that over Uh, email. You can do that over a Zoom application, but when you're face-to-face with this brother or sister, they can see and hear the dialect in your voice. They can see your face. They can see how much you care for them and love them, and you want to uh, show them the error of their ways. And this is done lovingly, of course. It should be done lovingly in the church, not, um, not because you are better than them, because nobody is better than another, Not because you want to see them get in trouble, not because you want to see them suffer at your hand because you have called them out on a sin, but because you love them and care for them and you want to see them repent and and, and stop doing the thing that they're doing. You want to warn them to avoid the things that they're doing, and that is more beautiful when you're able to gather in front of this person and do it. The, The singing together, when we hear each other singing corporately as the church, it is a beautiful thing to hear. When our church sings, Come Behold the Wondrous Mystery, it sounds beautiful as our worship center, our sanctuary is full of voices, men and women and kids all singing together. And you don't have to sing beautifully. You don't have to be a good singer to sing and and sing it with the congregation because everybody's voices together sounds awesome. So I cannot wait for the day that we're able to gather with one another again to encourage one another and to teach one another Yes, even admonish one another in wisdom, in love. As we hear the word of God together, as we hear the pages of the Bibles turning, as we go from chapter to chapter, verse to verse, man, it is important to be able to gather with the saints. And here's something I'm going to throw out there. If you are a believer, then I believe it is going to be your desire to be with your church family. Many people have no desire to gather with the church. They don't care anything about meeting. They don't care anything about the preaching of the word because it just takes time. It takes effort. And in some cases, some people may think it takes money. Uh, But yes, giving is an act of worship that should be done. 
Um, but many people have no desire to gather with the saints on the Lord's day. And that's uh, from professing believers, people that would say, yes, I'm a believer, but yet I'd rather sit at home and I'd rather watch uh, football. I'd rather watch a basketball game. I'd rather go hunting. I'd rather go fishing. And when you do these things, you have no remorse, no regret, no wishing you would have been there. Um, because those that are saved, yes, they're going to miss church sometimes. And maybe even a Sunday or two, they may go hunting. I know there's several guys in our church that uh, they'll go deer hunting during on a during the fall when it's open season, and these men will, will attend another church where they're at, and because these men want to be with saints, they want to gather. And uh, if they don't gather with the church, they're doing Bible studies with their boys and their families. Whether they're they're doing Bible study at the deer camp, there's different things like that. But the thing is. Our men don't miss every single Sunday to go hunting or fishing or to watch a game. There's not uh, many women in our church that are missing to go shopping to get their hair done, to stay in and watch the latest romantic comedy on Netflix. If you are a believer, you will desire to gather with the saints. That is my opinion. That is the way I interpret scripture. I see that. Uh, Just like we should desire holiness, that's what the, the way we should desire to pursue holiness we should desire to gather physically with the saints. Now, does that mean that this time that there's people are in sin by not physically gathering with the saints? I would say no, because I think there's a time where we have to use wisdom and discernment collectively in our own churches. I know that there's a church not far from where I live that uh, upwards of 30 to 40 people uh, in one particular church have been infected with the coronavirus because they were all together. They met together. I know churches that are still physically gathering, and that's okay. That's up to that that church and the elders in that church. But are you in sin by not physically gathering with the saints right now? I would say no. When this is all over, when this is said and done, and you continue just to meet online after the church goes back to the physical gatherings, and you just tend to say, well, I'm still, quote-unquote, going to church. We did it now for three, four, five, six weeks, however long this thing plays out. I'm still going to church. I'm just gathering online. Then I think if that is your idea of going to church and gathering with the saints, then I would say that you were probably then in sin. So we should gather and desire to gather as the church Anytime we can. So no, I don't think if you're, I know that if your church is gathering quote unquote online right now, yes, the church has left the building. Technology is, technology is a beautiful thing, but are you in sin for meeting online right now during this time? Absolutely not. If your elders have prayed, sought biblical counsel, sought wisdom from healthcare professionals, those in their church, those outside their church, they're watching the guidelines, the recommendations, uh, and they've come to the decision to move everything online. No, that church is not in sin. However, again, it's when the church physically goes back that you have no desire to gather physically, that you're just going to do it online. Then I think you've crossed over into sin and need to repent and gather with the believers. So this time is uh, really, it's frustrating for pastors, it's frustrating for church members, it's frustrating for the body as a whole. But one thing that we must know is that although we're making the best decisions that we think we can make right now, we're being as biblical as we can, we're uh, being as loving as we can to our neighbor, 
uh, or if whether you're staying open physically or whether you're closing physically and moving online or doing a drive-in study, it doesn't matter. The thing is right now, this world is experiencing a great wave of suffering. Now, whatever you think about the coronavirus, now, whether you think it's real, whether you think it's a hoax or anywhere in between where you may land on what this coronavirus is, what we know it's doing is it's causing an uproar. It is causing an unsettlement. It's causing a panic. It's causing worry. It's causing a lot of things, which leads to suffering. And in my opinion, the body of Christ is suffering right now as a result of the coronavirus because we are unable to gather together as the saints. And I see that as suffering because many, if not all of the people that are in our church, we are lamenting the fact that we can't gather together. Yes, we're erring on the side of caution. We are looking at things and thankful for the things that we have. We're thankful for the way that we can move online and do things. But we are longing for the day where we can gather again. We've already talked about having a meal after church together. Um, There's been some people on our Facebook that we all know that have been throwing out gospel songs and, and worship songs, singing those during this time. So we're going to have an old-fashioned singing when we get to gather again together. But one thing I know is the church is suffering because those have chosen to not gather physically suffer because we want to. And this is a part of life. I teach this to my congregation all the time, is that as a believer, we will suffer. There's no around it. There's no under it. There's no over it. There's no busting through it. We will suffer. Uh, the, the Bible teaches it. Matter of fact, we're going to see. Let me get this pulled up real quick as I'm thinking through it. I uh, don't want to read it from the message, so let me keep scrolling here. There's a beautiful Bible verse, and I, I could paraphrase it, but I would rather not read it. I'd rather not paraphrase it. I want you to hear it. Let's just do the CSB. I'm an ESV guy, but I don't see it here. And uh, here we go. Let's read ESV. Indeed, this is Second Timothy chapter three, verse twelve. Indeed, all who desire. Okay, so if you're a believer, your desires are going to change. Yes, the flesh is still going to be leaning towards sin, but the spirit within you is going to cause you to have new desires, to be holy, to want to gather as the church. And this is what 2 Timothy 3.12 says, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. Yes and amen. If you are a born-again believer, then your desire will be to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. But what comes along with that desire to live a godly life in Jesus, for those that desire to live a godly life in Jesus Christ, will be persecuted. Now, we have to be careful here. This is not persecution, but a form of persecution, a result of persecution is suffering. So we're all going to suffer. We're all going to be persecuted, whether that be a severe persecution or a light momentary affliction that we go through. But one thing is for sure, that we will suffer as believers. Persecution hasn't fully come to America yet when it does. I fear that the coronavirus is going to be the least of our worries because uh, we have people freaking out now over it when 
severe persecution hits America, where it could be your life, I fear what's going to happen. But nonetheless, all believers are called to suffer. And this is why. Because Christ suffered on our behalf. We can't have the benefits of Christ without having the suffering of Christ. Everything can't be roses. Everything can't be good in our life all the time. We can't experience the benefits of Christ without experiencing the suffering of Christ as well. So every single believer that has ever lived and that ever will live will experience suffering. That's just the case. I mean, it's just, again, there's no way around it. We have to understand that we're suffering, and the body right now is suffering because we can't gather together. I love what Second Corinthians four seventeen and eighteen says about suffering, and this is what I want to leave you with today: a couple more verses of scripture, and then we'll be finished with this episode. But I want you to know uh, that yes, suffering is real, and yes, those that can't gather or aren't gathering physically right now are suffering because our desire is to gather together with the saints. But listen to what this says. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 17 and 18, it says, For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And listen, I do not ever want to take away from anybody's suffering by saying the fact that we aren't meeting together right now as the church is some form of suffering. I don't want that to take away from somebody that's truly suffering from uh, some sort of sickness, whether it be the coronavirus or other sicknesses, cancer, um, loss of job, because that is happening right now, too. That is so real right now in our country, in our communities. People are getting laid off. People in our own church have been laid off. They don't know what's coming next. They're having to file for unemployment. They're doing different things. They're trying different things. But this is real. Suffering is real, and it has so many layers to it. So I don't ever want to take the weight of someone's suffering and put it against, oh, well, we can't gather as the church. Big whoop. I just lost my job, my house, and my car. Um, And you're over there saying you're suffering because we can't meet as as the church. I'd never want to take away from that. Matter of fact, we'll do a whole episode on suffering sometime. Because I don't want to take away from that suffering just to say that we're suffering not being able to gather as the church, but that is the way a true believer should feel. Like this is a light momentary affliction on us. But this is even this is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. We will never understand fully what God is doing through this virus, through this pandemic. But what we can understand and trust is to know that God is working all things out for his glory and for the good of those that he loves, for those that love him. In other words, for true believers, however this works out for you, it's working for your good, but ultimately for God's glory. So even in this time of not being able to gather as the saints, as the church has kind of left, yes, the physical building, this is a form of suffering. This is light and momentary. These things are... Um, just momentary afflictions that have us down. And we under, we have to understand that God is using this moment in time right now for his glory and the church's good. 
one day we're going to come out of this and we're going to, we're going to rejoice and we're going to love on each other. We're going to hug each other. We're going to, as I've seen somebody say, he's greeting everybody with a holy kiss when they get to gather again. I don't know about that. But uh, even in the midst of this, when there's wonder, there's panic, there's frustration, there's suffering, there's uh, this desire to gather with the saints and we can't, we still should be rejoicing in the Lord. Our rejoicing and putting God's glory on full display should be no less in these days than they will be when we come out of this. God is all-knowing, loving, he's sovereign, he's providential, and we should rejoice in that, even in our light momentary afflictions. And listen, even in your heavy momentary afflictions, the beautiful thing is, is you're in Christ, you're heavy afflictions, these things that are just weighty and you can't uh, really understand what's happening. You, you just feel like it's weighing down on you. Even these things are momentary because one day it'll all be over with and we will stand perfected in Christ for an eternity. So whether your suffering is great or it's light and momentary, both of that, those things are, are true, momentary. Whether they're great or light, they're both momentary, praise God. And I want to end with this passage of scripture that I love from Romans eight eighteen, and 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 hopefully this will give you some glory or some glory. I see the word glory right here in front of me. Hopefully this will give you some more hope as we go through these times of wondering what's going to happen. Because I love what Paul says in this passage of scripture, Romans eight eighteen. He says, "For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us." Think about that. All the suffering we go through in this world, the suffering of not being able to gather as, as, together as the church, the suffering of losing a job, the suffering of losing a loved one, the suffering of being sick, the suffering of the church in general, of persecution, all of these things are light, they're momentary, some of them, some of them will seem heavy, but in the grand scheme and reality of heaven and the glory that we'll receive there, all of our persecution is light compared to eternity. And we must consider that the things we're going through now are not even worth comparing to the glory that awaits us for eternity in heaven when we stand perfected with Christ. And on that day, there will be no more online church. There will be no more churches leaving their buildings. There will be no more drive-in churches. There will be no more separate churches still gathering. What this is going to do is God is going to be with his people, and his people are going to be with him for all of eternity. And the church will never cease. It will never cease being the church. It will never cease being the church in one place in eternity. It is a worship gathering that will never end. And praise God, we will never have to suffer through several weeks of not being able to gather with our church family. So some of you may be saying, why, why is it so important that we suffer by not being able to gather as the church? Is because really, many times the church family becomes like our primary family. There's times where my family can't wait to go gather with the other saints, with the with brothers and sisters in Christ. And not being able to do that is, man, it's discouraging and it's frustrating at times. But listen carefully. We have to know and remember this, that God is using this for our good, for those that love him and are called by him according to his purposes. And it's all for his glory. So we can't uh, see the other side of this. But we must have faith through this. We must trust God through this. So I want to encourage you, whether your church is still in the building 
Or yes, it indeed has left the building. These times are times where we don't give up. We don't lose hope. These are times we remain faithful. These are times we long for the gathering of the saints again if your church has left the building or if it's even doing a drive through church. Just seeing people and waving at them, that's okay. But being able to just to get in their lives and understand them and talk with them and love them and care for them is so much better than having to do it in a social distance kind of way. So I, ho- I hope that you know this, that God is in control. He's sovereign. He cares for you. And he loves you. This affliction is light and momentary, and it'll be nothing worth comparing to for the glory that awaits us. Y'all have a great week, and God bless.